When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hockey. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. It's another edition. We're recording this on a Sunday evening of Judd's Hockey Show. The Wild has just lost um, their second consecutive game on their Florida road trip to the Tampa Bay Lightning. They actually, and we'll talk about this, got a couple empty net goals, so they get a point because they tied it. They lose in a shootout, comes the night after they lost to the Florida Panthers in a very entertaining hockey game. Um, I think these two games probably showed the Wild exactly where they were. There's some good and bad in that. But, uh, Dex, um, before we get to the particulars of these two defeats, um, which will now, which are the first two games of a road trip that will include one on Wednesday night in New Jersey, uh, I want to talk about the curious case. What is going on with your guy? Because he is your guy. My guy. Ke- Kevin Fiala. Uh, last night was dropped off the power play. Um, I will say this about wild coach Dean Evison. Dean Evison certainly will take shots at former players. I sort of yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Dean Evison will criticize his team as a group if he doesn't like how they're playing. So he's not like he's not full of crap at all. Um, Dean Evison very rarely really says much about individual players on his team, though, which is probably smart. He he. I don't know if he always defends them, but he certainly doesn't take shots. I, the last two, or so not tonight, because uh, just in fairness, we have not seen his post-game quotes from Tampa yet. Um, but following what? Following the loss last night, which would be Saturday night in Florida, um, and the last couple times he's talked about him, Dean hasn't exactly been, how can I put this, positive about your guy. Kevin Fiala has drawn scrutiny. Um, I wouldn't say Dean has ripped him, but he certainly hasn't defended him. So, and we know for a fact that while Dean and Kevin go way back, there's there's also some friction there sometimes, it seems, because of that. And with the contract that he signed to, it's very clear that Dean Everson and Bill Guerin, the wild GM, are in lockstep when it comes to Kevin. So, like, there's no dissension here of yeah. Bill Guerin loves him and Dean doesn't love him. All of that being said, what can you tell me about your feeling about this and where things stand? Because it feels like we're reaching me. And I mean, this is early to say this, uh-huh. but it sort of feels like we're reaching a breaking point here with where things stand with Kevin Fiala and the Minnesota Wild. It, it feels like we're heading towards something drastic. I think that's kind of my gut feeling. Drastic being could be a scratch. Drastic could be obviously being traded. Um, which is pretty wild to talk about, no pun intended, considering how well this team has played this season. Um, yeah, they had a nice comeback again here tonight against Tampa Bay, which we'll get into. Um, but let's take it a step back and, and hit a rewind of how did I get here kind of moment. You know, So they go into this summer, 
and they don't give Fiala a long-term deal, but they find ways to extend Joel Eriksson Eck. They find a way to get Kirill Kaprizov extended. Um, they still find ways to get Alex Galagoski a, a contract from free agency. They buy out Parisian Suter. Kind of feels like, all right, so they're opening things up to probably extend Kaprizov and Fiala, your top two priorities this offseason. Well, the Kaprizov conversations, and it was in its own right, that took forever. And then they just clearly never really got on the same page with Kevin on reaching a long-term deal, whether that was Kevin's side asking for too much money, whether that was the Wild not being committed long-term to Fiala, which I tend to agree on the Wild side is probably the more logical solution there. Um, And so he gets another RFA deal. He comes into this season. He has those great quotes in training camp that he's coming with his hair on fire and he wants to prove people wrong. And I will say that even though his goals are down, his shooting percentage is criminally low, which suggests regression or suggests that he's going to eventually pop. His analytics have still been solid. He's shooting the puck a ton. You know, there's a lot in the eye test there that we've even seen that says, oh, he's having a, a noticeably good game tonight. He's doing a lot of things. He's active even when he has bad turnovers here and there. Um, he's mostly offset some of that stuff, but let it be known that as much as I love Kevin Fiala, his, his priorities here are to score goals and he hasn't really been scoring big goals tonight. He did against Tampa Bay deserves a lot of credit for that. That was a big time goal. I tweeted, he got a paw out of the doghouse cause he's not out of the doghouse by any means. When you beat the stars seven to two the other night, which was just an ass kicking from top to bottom and you don't find a way to play basically one of your star players for more than three shifts in the third period. I mean, that says an awful lot. That's not just because you were on cruise control because you were kicking butt. That wasn't the case at all. You benched Kevin Fiala, basically, for the third period. Then you go into Saturday, and you figure out, again, why did you take off the power play, Kevin? And he says, you have to ask Dean about that. So then Dean Evason, you know, goes and in, in this is quoted in Michael Russo's story on The Athletic that he didn't get lost, no, um, when talked about the Stars' loss. But at some point in the game, we played other people. And then when he was asked about why did you remove him from the power play, uh, Dean kind of disagreed with the assertion that you have to come talk to me about it. He says, we talked to each individual. We talked to everybody, every guy. The guys know where they stand with us. And to your point of Fial and Dean going way back from their AHL days um, to Bill Guerin not wanting to really give him the long-term deal, even with all the stats that say, hey, I have led you in points. I've led you in goals the last two seasons. I've been the best player on this team, not named Kirill Kaprizov, for basically the last 60 games. Where's my payday? And as much as I'm a big fan of him, um, I do understand the wild side there. And also, as, as much as I am, I have blinders on towards him, I know that Dean and Bill know a hell of a lot more than I ever will about this game and about individuals and about certain situations. But judging how the Stars game went, judging how yesterday's loss to the Panthers went. And when I'm starting to just weigh in a non-BS policy that has really been established by this regime, and this sounds like a lot of BS and a lot of hoopla and a lot of distractions, it seems like something's about to bubble over here. Um, and to Fiala's, to the, the, the thing that's hurting him the most outside of tonight is he hasn't been scoring goals as much as I can defend him and say, but look at these analytics and look at these stats and look at all the good things he's doing. That's fine. But at the end of the day, he has to score goals and he's not scoring. And Boldy's a step away. Rossi's a step away. You're making pretty penny. 
You have salary cap problems coming down the pipeline. It doesn't seem like this is going to end well for Kevin Fiala. And I don't think Fiala is in the doghouse at all for not scoring. There's something else going on here. I know for a fact that what Garrett and and Dean haven't liked previously has nothing to do with goals and shots. It has to do with his play without the puck. It has to do with him. I think the fact he's not scoring is probably affecting his shifts. Now, this is – and this is where they – they see far more than than what the fans see or what we see. Because um, to me, there there were, have been periods of time where Fiala, I believe, is clearly outworking Kaprizov. That's not true in the last few games, but that had been true previously. But they they look at the film and they look at his shifts with a far more fine-tooth comb than we do. And so I don't think that him not scoring, because, I mean, they know that with the amount that he shoots. Now, he, he scored a goal tonight, like you said, but he had, what, five shots on goal. And he's been shooting quite a bit, which is great. That's fine. Um, they know that the regression ebbs and flows. And so I don't think this has to do with them being frustrated with the lack of goal scoring. I think this has to, this is them being frustrated with what he's doing without the puck, what he's doing defensively. When Kaprizov's at his best, he plays a 200-foot game. Like, there's no question about it. Yeah. He goes, he back checks at his best. Uh, he takes pucks away. He does a ton of things that then lead to his scoring chances. Uh, Kevin's problem previously has been the lack of consistently doing that. And they poked and prodded him before and they usually do it. And then he tries, he responds to things like benching, but I really, but I think what we're seeing now is the product of things that we don't see as much, which is not the shots. It's not the lack of goals. It's the other things that frustrate them. And that's where I think Dean and Bill are in lockstep again, where their whole stance and it's probably right is we can't have guys not, we can't have our, our potential star players not doing their most and then ask our other players, hey, you should do your most because if that sounds familiar, it should. It's Parisi and Suter and that whole crew. So um, I think that this has to do with that. But where I agree with you completely is it feels like this is I, – I don't know. We've been down this path before, and I've never felt like Kevin was going to be traded for sure. It feels like this time, because it's coming so quickly – and and because Dean is being pretty frontal when he's not frontal towards players, this feels different. And I'm with you. And the thing that I saw tonight after those quotes um, came out following the Panthers 5-4 loss yesterday, the thing that I saw tonight is, despite the fact he scored a goal, Fiala looks defeated. Like, like you can yep. tell that this takes a toll. Like, he is – he looks – I don't know – if pouting is the right word, but he looks defeated and he looks like he is like not happy. And I don't know exactly where you resolve this, resolve this, excuse me, if it's possible to, um, but yeah, this is a big deal. And then of course the question becomes, well, if you're going to shop him, can you get a center? And I think the answer is if the answer is yes, and you can get a pretty good one, you know, if you put together a package and bring up Boldy to replace Fiala, it becomes tempting because if you if you put you know a real center with Kaprizov, I'd be very curious to see that. And the only guy who's going to be that chip is Fiala. And because Fiala is a goal scorer, you know, ordinarily, I'm not pro trading him. But yep. if you're also going to get this to the point of essentially no return, and you have to, and you can turn him into a a good center, um, especially there, there would probably there would probably need to be a secondary chip there. But if you could do that, Dex, I got to, you know, I mean, it would be tempting. 
I, I, I would have to consider it. Um, I wouldn't just trade him for pennies on the dollar. It's different from um, like five, six years ago when Jonathan drew in and Tampa Bay got in their impasses. That was for much different circumstances. It was much more extreme and he wasn't being played and he wanted to yeah, play. He didn't, and he didn't want, he didn't want to report and right. a much bigger cash cow there than, than what Fiala and the wild are dealing with. But it, it just feels like both sides are off here and it, and it might just be beneficial for, for a split. Um, look at what was it? My guy Bennett in, in, in Calgary last year. Looked good last night, man. And he's looked Down good since Florida. he got to Ooh, Florida. Boy. And I, and, and to my point there is it just seems like a change of scenery is needed for everyone. Um, Calgary's been better for it. Basically the wild could be better for it. If they got rid of Fiala and, and Fiala could be, could go off and thrive somewhere. Um, you know, if, if you can figure out somehow to, to finagle that great. And you also have to figure out, if you're going to make the trade, because Fiala makes, I think, $5.1 million this year, two options. You have to get cash in, cash out, so basically an even money trade. Uh-huh. Or B, you have to take lottery picks and low-cost options because how else are you going to be able to afford a big name? Like I see people in our YouTube comments, by the way, love that you guys are, are throwing off reckless speculation here. What about Fiala and something for Thomas Hurdle? And I... I Yes, on paper that sounds great. I still don't think San Jose would 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 bark at that, bark at that. But but then Hurdle's a UFA, you know this this next well, summer, so you can't really do that discussion. either. Yeah. But at, but but like, is it is that intriguing? Like Hurdle and for something with Fiala, yes, I would be all for that. But then but then you're still down a conundrum of well, if you didn't pay Fiala and if you got someone who is established and who's legitimate number one or a top six center. How are then you going to pay him? Is that person going to be cost effective, or is that someone that's going to have to get a big payday like Hurdle? So Thomas Hurdle in the last year of his contract, which as you just said, Declan, is this season, is a cap hit of five point six million dollars. His base salary is three point five. All right. So here's the interesting thing about that, and and I don't know how much Garen likes him, but let's just use him as the example here. The interesting thing is, it's very clear. Well, the Wild is far from being the best team in the league. They're a good team. Like, I do like them. And the interesting thing about this is, you know, that's that upcoming cap crunch is going to get you. Like, it's not going to be – it's going to, to be tough. And right now it's not. But, I mean, there, there's going there's going to be some navigating of the waters in the coming seasons that's going to be difficult. So, do you make your run this season? And let's say you make – that trade. I don't think that they would, but let's just say that you did. Okay. Hurdle comes here. You plug him in with Kaprizov. He can either decide, I love it here. I want to stay in Minnesota at all costs, or I'm going to leave. But he, but he basically becomes your chip for 2021-22. He leaves. Fiala's gone. You are, you know, in 2022-23, you are good, but not great. And you're descending and then, because you're descending, you get high draft picks and you rebuild it back up. Well, but the but the question then is, are you going to be terrible? You're probably not. But that's the one reason why I wouldn't dismiss that. I wouldn't dismiss that option completely, because this is like a this is a really weird year. Yep. Because your cap is not is not right now ruined. It's going to be in rough shape. But do you do you look at this as an extraordinary season? And do you say, you know what? Screw it. Let's make let's make the run. And and I think the only thing Garen won't do, 
I think I, I think I'm right about this. I think the only thing that Bill Guerin won't do is I don't think he's going to trade young chips for players. Nope. So, so like he's not going to call the Sharks and say, Boldy, right. um, Addison, and a first round draft pick. He's not sure. going to do that. Fiala's a lot more feasible because one, they don't like him that much, and two, you know, depending on what has to be traded there, that actually makes some more sense. And I know that sounds crazy, but I really believe that there is some thought to 2021, 22. It's unique. We've gotten opportunity here. Mm -hmm. And if we don't have to trade our youngsters decks, would we be willing to trade a guy that we don't love, but can score goals? I think the answer might be yes. Exactly. And I I think what fans have to get, you know, uh, have tepid expectations with is you, you just, you can't assume that windows are going to be open for three to five years, no matter how great Boldy and Rossi look right they're not, now. In they're Iowa. not here. No, and they right. aren't here in Minnesota. Agreed. This is this is different. This is very much different. The Wild are off to an amazing start on the season. Thanksgiving's this week. Um, if you're in that playoff picture, there's a very good guarantee that you're going to be in the playoff picture come the when the regular season ends. Um, is that someone in Vancouver? Could you possibly move someone that, with Vancouver being in the absolute crapper right now? Is there a couple players there that you can maybe swap in, swap out? That could be another option. But if you're not going to give up your young assets and your kind of cost-controllable things, which are the Rossi, the Boldy, the draft picks, or at least multiple of the high draft picks, which is why they weren't in on Jack Eichel, um, right. trading Fiala for something established that can help you in the short term and also benefit him to get out of here makes a lot of sense. You don't see big-time, you know, I know Eichel was different because that, that was just dragged on. You don't see big-time trades like this happen this early in the NHL, and you definitely don't see a team that's basically in first to second place in their division making a move of trading away what is their second-best player and finding something else to replace it in return. I, I think what's so intriguing is the fact that Boldy and Rossi are basically ready to go. I mean, Matthew Boldy has like 25 points in about a dozen and so games in the AHL in his career. Marco Rossi looks like he's ready, but you certainly don't want to rush him since he hasn't played much of hockey over the last year. Yeah, but those two guys are clearly look they look like they're going to be contributors to your big your, to your NHL club in the near future, if not immediately. Mm-hmm. And if Fiala's unhappy, and to the point that I made earlier of this regime with Evison and Garen being tandem of, of not dealing with any BS, and whether Fiala could be justified, too. I think if, if Fiala's frustrated, he, he might have a bigger case than when Zach and Ryan were bitching and moaning for other reasons. But if he's doing that yes, behind the scenes, that's a that's problem. That's a problem. That's a problem. Yep. So I, I completely understand why they, I could see Dean or Bill saying, all right, screw it. Let's pick up yep. a phone. Let's facilitate a deal here. Kevin, let's get you out of here. You clearly aren't working. It's not working for either of us. Let's figure out a trade. Interesting. Yeah, I, I just I think we shouldn't dismiss the fact that they might make a trade that that would be for a player who has a short term time here because they they are they are fully aware that they think that they can win this season and they might be right, uh, but they're not. But they do not want to trade prospects, and w- with the amount of prospects that this franchise, especially with Chuck Fletcher, used to deal, I don't blame them one bit. Uh, let's get to our second topic. Jared Spurgeon, lower body, got hurt against uh, the Florida Panthers last night, didn't play tonight. It sounds ominous a little bit. Like, I don't know what's wrong, but, um, but you know, he, he's a pretty tough customer. Um, this one, if he's out, 
is going to be tough. Now, now they played uh, Jordy Ben tonight, or I'm sorry, Jamie Ben. I get the two Bens mixed up, which I shouldn't because they have nothing in common as far as playing hockey. They played Jordy. Yeah, they played. They played Ben tonight. Um, Addison was recalled from Iowa. He's going to step in, and I actually like him, and I think he's good. All of that being said, if Spurgeon is out for an extended period, that's a huge loss. Um, what, what they did on the power play was I think they replaced Spurgeon with Brodeen. Um, that one to me, if he's out for a while, is going to be you know extremely tough because one, Spurgeon was playing great, he ordinarily does, and two, that's the type of player that you can't just plug in a guy. No, uh, even with the Wild having a pretty deep blue line and it being their bread and butter and having someone like Kalen Addison that can step in um, and, and fill big-time minutes and, and as a looks like he'll have a nice, bright future, you don't really replace Jared Spurgeon. Um, you can't flip the switch and make that happen. So, yeah, Jordy Ben can come in. You know, guys like John Merrill and Kulikov have played well this season, but they've played well in their roles. They, when, when you ask them to do more is when things can go off the bus. Um Kalen Addison, I want him to see. I want to see what he can do over an extended period of time. He's he had a decent cup of coffee here last season, but if they lost Spurgeon for a significant amount of time, you know, I believe they're off for the next two nights. So the Wild don't play Monday, Tuesday. They're home Wednesday, Friday. They have another afternoon game against the Lightning. Again. No, they're in Jersey, Jersey Wednesday, Wednesday. And, and then home to the Jets on Friday. Jets on Friday, and they have an afternoon game on that Black Friday. So. Yep. Um, there's time to get him healthy. Uh, there isn't. There's no need to rush him. But if you're without Jared Spurgeon for an extended period of time, that's uh, that could be significant for this team because you don't you don't just replace him overnight. Um, I like. I want to see what Kieran Addison does long term. Uh, but if they lost Spurgeon for like let's say multiple weeks, that is that is a problem. You're fortunate you got off to a nice start. You built yourself a cushion. But yeah. it feels like the Central Division with Winnipeg playing well, and even though Colorado's been basically um, disappointing, you could say, through the first dozen or so games, they're a sleeping giant, right? Like, you, you kind oh, of feel yeah. like they're a they'll volcano be the that's end. ready to erupt, and they'll be there at the end. I think. Yep. So tending provided. So yeah. this is good. These are good things where you got off to a good start, so it gives you a cushion so you can absorb adversity when things, things like this happen. But if you yeah. lost Spurgeon for a significant amount of time, buckle up. Yeah, and in fact, we, we saw a little bit of the fallout potentially with Spurgeon not playing last night against the Panthers because Kulikov had to play more, and it was a disaster. Like, he's done a really good job as the third defense defensive pairing there uh, with Merrill, and I like him. But when you have to let when you have to make those guys play more and more, that can be a problem. Um, but yeah, I, we we don't know. In hockey, being hockey, it's so tough to tell. I, I didn't hear. Did Spurgeon come back? I, I don't even know if he stayed with the team or left Florida, which I guess would be an indicator of where things might stand. Um, so last night's game, Florida Panthers. Yeah, I don't fine. know how how much you saw. But, okay, first of all, that's a hell of a team. They're good. They're probably – the Panthers and the and the Hurricanes are probably the two best teams going right now. But that game was such a good test to see where the Wild stands. And I will say this, and this is good and bad. For the first time this season, Declan, I really thought that it was noticeable that the Wild could not keep up to pace. Florida is so quick. And what's really impressive is – they're quick and they hit yeah, like they're, they're physical too. And they're big, but they are so quick. Um, and that was the first time that I saw a game where I said, 
the Wild is like trying to catch up. Like it, it looked like a thousand games that this team has played over the past, you know, in previous seasons. This year, I think their speed's pretty damn good. And ordinarily, if they're not dictating the pace, they're certainly keeping up the pace. Uh, the Florida game, though, was a great benchmark. The positive of of that game, and of course, the Wild didn't get any points in that game. They did get the point tonight before they lost in the shootout. The positive is this, and I've got a question for you about uh, your favorite topic, sustainability. So in both games, the Wild rallies. They come back with, what, an empty net goal against the Panthers. They fell short. Tonight, they they scored two empty net goals. They're up to, I think you told me before we started recording, seven empty net goals on the season. Mm-hmm. Seven come from behind wins. Um, it's fun to watch. They're definitely the cardiac kids. <laughs> what is the sustainability here, though? Because it feels to me like as much fun as this is, it also, it also feels like you're pressing your luck a bit. And you might be using up your luck because uh, it just doesn't feel like through the course of an entire season, and it's a long one, that you're going to be able to time and time again pull your goaltender and score a goal or two, six on five, or, or yeah. Well, what I, what, I, what I will say is they're pulling their goaltender early, and the analytics have said that for years. Like It, it used to be like, there's no chance we're pulling this goalie until 90 seconds are off that clock, right? Like yep. that's what it always was. Or we will not pull it until there's a secured offensive zone faceoff. Yep. Dean pulled Coppola tonight with like what four and a half left. Yeah, and last night I think he did it in Florida with like against the Panthers was like five fifteen. So actually, there is more sustainability and there's more legitimacy of pulling your goaltender early than always relying in the last sixty seconds. It and this is pretty simple reasoning is because you have more time. You <laughs> you have more time to work with and you're not pressing. Um, and also when your goaltending is pulled, a goaltender is pulled, you are naturally trying to play the puck a hell of a lot more and you're forechecking harder and you're doing everything you can because you have an empty net on the other side of your net. Uh, to the sustainability, though, part of just the overall picture of rallying now seven times, basically, in what, 17, 18 games they've played. So basically, can the Wild figure out a way to be a 99, 100-point team with you know, 40% of their games where they're trailing in the, in going into the third period. No, uh, there's, there's really no chance that can be the case. It's fun and it's exciting. And I love a team that rises up in adversity. Um, and that's where, again, analytically might, you might say that, yeah, that's, that's not sustainable, but I test wise, what you've seen has been, Oh, this is great. This is, this is a team that has always figured out a ways to rally back. It is not a sustainable model for success. It's a fun model for success. And right. maybe and maybe right. your definition of fun might be even wrong there. Of, of it, it, It's giving you a heart attack just like the, the Vikings seem to do every Sunday. But uh, sustainability-wise, no, it's not. They have to figure out ways to get, get leads. I saw some jokes. I think our guy Brian Halverson said, just pull the goalie to start New Jersey on Wednesday. Just, you know what, just screw it. Pull the goalie. We'll, we'll, we'll start six on five right off the dot. I like and, that, yes. And, and because you may as well try it. Uh, but the sustainability of that might be really, really tough. Yeah, I just think it's going to be – so it's fun to watch. I just don't know. And, and look, the, the last two opponents have been really good. Like the Panthers are really good. That, that's an impressive team. The Panthers are flat out, I can say this without a shadow of a doubt, after watching that game last night, they are a better team. Tampa Bay's – not as good as Florida right now. Now that that could totally change by springtime, but right now the two time defending Stanley cup champion lightning, I don't think are as good. Um, But these two are tough games on the road. And I guess my question goes more towards, I think you were down to like the ducks, right? And, and look, the ducks are 
far superior to what we thought, thought but you should yeah. still beat them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so w- when you have seven come from behind wins, that's fun. It seems like a lot. And I, I guess what I'm trying to weigh too is, is how much buy-in should there be of this team? Because it definitely feels different. Like I don't, I don't sense the Parisi suitor stall team. I don't sense that. So it doesn't, I don't begrudge them the fact that they've done a really good job of rallying and, and coming back. And I'm not negative about them, but it is the type of stat. And it's the type of thing that you watch, uh, Declan, that you do sort of wonder, like, how much should I believe this? Like, is this going to like, is this team setting a template that it can take into January and February and March, or is this going to start to come unraveled because, you know, the league's extremely competitive. The division's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't, I, st- I still don't have a really good answer or feeling for that part of the question. Just like there's always a polar vortex in Minnesota, there will always be a swoon season that happens with this team. Oh, yeah. Um, they'll, 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 be, they'll be a swoon. But I'm saying, like, like, but what do you think about their long-term? Like, the swoon will come. Mm-hmm. I get that. And then they'll come back and get hot. Right. But, what, but, like, as far as the identity of this team, your, your identity can't be six on five. We're going to kick your ass. Like, right. that's, that's not an identity. So, like, what is your – that's where I'm struggling right now yeah. um, because I like this team. I like what they bring. I like how they work. I like, I like a lot of their players. I like Dean and Bill. But, like, what's your takeaway of the identity here? Because that's what I can't decide yet. Yeah, the identity is they overcome adversity. Um, they're fast and they're exciting. Uh, but they are really rolling the dice with, with how they're winning games right now. Um, I think it's great they're off to a good start. Their goaltending has been suspect. Um, Capo, I thought, played well tonight. I'll say that. Capo, I thought, played well. Um, you're f- playing Florida and Tampa Bay, two of the hottest and fastest offensive teams in the league, and I thought you held your own there. I don't, I don't think goaltending was the reason why you only walked with one out of possible four points um, this weekend against, against Florida and Tampa Bay. Uh, but the identity, I mean, it, it's been weird because it's been all secondary things. Like, you know, Ryan Hartman uh, scoring big-time goals. Yep. Who the hell saw that coming? Kaprizov is, is getting hotter now, and things look like he's it's picking up and trending in the right direction. But you played 15 games; and you only had a couple goals to start the season. Kevin Fiala from our early part, just a few goals as well. You need secondary players to really, really step up and and be big t- and be big time players for you. Your third pairing defensemen and Kulikov and Merrill. Whoever thought that you could just plug and play guys in the back in your defense and they wouldn't make an impact? No, those guys are making impacts. So it's all been. You know, so far it's been secondary. It's been it's been their passengers that have really carried them this season. Their their superstars in Kaprizov and Fiala have been, you can make a case, mostly disappointing. Um, and that's been curious because they're still figuring out ways to win games, which I'm for. Obviously, that's oh, that's yeah. great that they have won. Yep. Uh, but the sustainability of it, it's it's murky. I think it's more of a wait and see kind of approach. Last thing, mm-hmm. um, in the Panthers game on uh, Saturday night. So Bob was in goal for Florida. Yeah. And Bob's had a good year. He's bounced back. And Bob had some absolutely huge saves. Like the Wild could have won that game. They yeah. shouldn't have, but they could have. They certainly could have tied it. In fact, there, there's a chance that uh, that they could have scored if I think it was the Fiala shot with a second left or less than a second that Bob made a nice save on as the horn sounded. This is where I'm struggling with Talbot. I feel like... When they're down, he holds them in games. Mm-hmm. But I don't know to, and 
you've basically been addressing this throughout the course of the young season so far. I don't know if Talbot is making all of the saves, and I'm asking for a lot here, so this is not a small ask. I don't know if he is making all of the saves that he is going to need to make if this team is going to make a playoff run. And and so, but I'm trying to weigh this because I he, look, he's not been Dubnik. It's not been this. Well, I just allowed another crappy goal. Um, it's not been that, and it's not been that he doesn't hold them in games when they're down by a goal because he's done that as well. But I'm talking about watching Bob last night and the saves that he made. Yeah, I don't know that Talbot's making those saves. I don't know what's fair to ask him to, but I know this: if you're going to make a playoff run, you're going to need those type of saves. Yeah, I think Cam Talbot's the goalie you can ride in the playoffs, and he has shown before that he can has a tendency to get hot. But is he a perennial top ten goaltender? No, um, he's in that tier three prime mix of goaltenders, maybe tier four. Um, situations around him have to be better. You know, he's. I think he the last few games he's looked a lot better. Um, I thought in the Florida game he held his own. Like, did did he could he have he played did. better? Certainly, he but, he, but yeah. he held his own. He didn't shipwreck you from from losing that yep. game. I no, thought he's against, not shipwrecking you. And I thought great. against uh, the Stars he played great. I thought that actually might have been his most complete game. As much as the Stars have, have been scuffling, they still have firepower, and that could have been a perfect mess, uh, perfect situation for them to wake up against Talbot. They didn't. Um, so. I, I hope he gets right here. Um, and also, you need performances like Capo had tonight, I think, too. I know he allowed four goals on, I think, only 23 shots. But I thought, again, in general, he was fine. He was fine, but will Dean trust him long-term to, to that for that to be they're like gonna a 60 split? But they're not. No, yeah, they're not going They're going to ride Talbot. And, and look, I like Talbot. I just don't know. If you're going to do what I think this team has designs on trying to do, I'm leery. How's that for a word? Yeah. Like, cause I, I like to, I like him. I think Cam's good. Um, again, I don't think he is a disaster. I think he, he holds them in games. I think he makes some great saves, but you know, in just watching Bob last night and the saves that that guy, he made some saves, which you're like, Oh my God, that saved their butts. So that's my last thing. Yeah. It, I also think it's hilarious. Last thing on a last thing that, and this was a trend in the Prize Suda era, but what is also with other teams always playing their backups against the Wilds? So like Brian Elliott plays tonight. Um, when the Islanders were in Vasilevsky played last night, right? Uh, did the best play last did, night? Didn't, didn't Tampa Bay play okay. last night? But there just seems to always be a tendency of other teams playing their backups oh, yeah, against I know. the Wild. It's At been home, a thing though, for years. There's nothing. Well, yeah, there are things worse. That that's not phrasing it right. It is frustrating when I make the drive from the western suburbs to the X. <laughs> And some, as I like to say, slappies in Slappy. goal. I want Jonathan Quick. When Montreal comes to, to town, provided right. things are okay <laughs> in his life, I want Carey Price. Well, they've owned him. I don't want your slappy. I don't yeah. want your backup slappy. I want to see your goaltender. Like, that's part of the attraction. I don't know. It, it's a it's a good point. It's I funny. don't know. It's weird. It's I don't know. Weird. All right, let's wrap things up here. Um but yeah, the, the Fiala thing to me feels combustible. So I think we're on the same page there. I, yeah. I think it feels like it feels like he might be close to being gone. And if he's gone, I'm very curious to see what the return is. Because I'm not sure Bill Guerin's going prospect hunting here. No. And I know he doesn't want to trade his own prospects. Right. So this might be a very good way to get almost a rental to make a run. And and if you weren't going to, you know, if, if you're not in love with Kevin... 
and a team is not going to give you a huge haul that you might get something back. So. Yeah, but Bo, Bo Harvat also might be someone there. I like that. I saw that as a suggestion. Oh, the Canucks are a mess. And they're Canucks. a mess. I can see that. The Canucks are a mess. All right. That. We're done, Declan. All right. Thank you for watching. Rate, subscribe. Appreciate you guys. Statements tomorrow on Mackie and Judd. Purple Daily Event Line page with, with Vikings uh, takes from the pack, went over the Packers this afternoon as well. Pass shoot score. Did you know that 61% of pet owners feel more prepared to be a good pet parent after testing with Embark? Embark your dog with Embark's dog DNA test to get hundreds of actionable health insights. You can be proactive with their health and work with your vet on a personalized care plan. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA, that's DNA, to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today.